Good morning, everyone. And we welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. So glad you could join us this morning. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. Our subject today is mortals and immortals. And we will begin with our morning prayer. This is a beautiful prayer uh, sent by Karen in California. She found it among one of her grandmother's, uh, I guess, Christian science uh, books and stuff. It says underneath it, I must say, it says, the above signed by Mary Baker Eddy was found among the papers of the janitor of the Mother Church, Jonathan Irving, when he passed on in February 1918. It's, the first part is also found in the Blue Book, page 273. Beautiful prayer. Is grant, O oh my God, that neither the joys nor the sorrows of this period shall have visited my heart in vain. Make me wiser and stronger for immediate duties and ripen me by whatever means thou seest best for those that be beyond. Inasmuch as I am God's child, spiritual and not material, I must be perfect. I am whole. I am free. I have all I need every hour. I am without fear, without anxiety. I live in spirit, not in matter, error. I am not in danger. No one can harm me or deprive me of any good. I know no such thing as pain, suffering, or disease, for I am a reflection of life, truth, and love. I am never disappointed or grieved. The harmony of my being is never broken because I live in the infinite. No condition of the body or the presence of anyone's personality is essential to my happiness. For God good only is the spring of all my joys. My life is hid with Christ in God. Therefore, I am immortal. For nothing can be lost or die in God. Mary Baker Eddy. It's beautiful. Thank you. And thank you, Karen. How lovely your grandmother had someone to give her precious things too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Watching point. Watch number 98. Watch lest in your efforts to progress, you accept the false assumption that your work is to perfect this mortal imperfect man <clears throat> instead of throw off the false belief that man is or ever can be mortal or imperfect. This error is exemplified by the student who mistakenly believes it is science to affirm, I am prosperous, I am healthy, I am happy. Such affirmations are no better than an attempt to graft holiness on unholiness. If the I the student has in mind is still mortal man. The only time one can rightly affirm I am the image and likeness of God, is when his conception of I 
has risen above imperfection and fleshliness. Otherwise, his effort descends to what is called mind cure, or reaching out for the so-called good side of mortal sense, instead of trying to throw off all mortal sense. Mind cure, or new thought, tries to bring man good mortality. Science strives to do man good by regenerating him spiritually. End quote. Very important. Mm-hmm. There's the rub. <laughs> that's what many, we see many scientists, that's their goal, is just to make life comfortable in matter. Any comments on this? I think good mortality is kind of <laughs> good mortality, really. <laughs> exactly. My Mrs. Eddy said the mortal mind had not been kind enough to her to make her want to loiter in it. It all feel that way. We've all we should all we all sooner or later will get burned by it. You might be having a pleasant dream for a while, but it doesn't it doesn't last. It can't last. That's why we are very suspect of human goodness. <laughs> I love the watch last night from Miscellany that says, uh, it's talking about uh, science, and it says, we have it only as we live it. This is that needful one thing, divine science, whereby thought is spiritualized, reaching outward and upward to science and Christianity, science and medicine, in physics and in metaphysics. End quote. That was Mary Baker Eddy. And I loved how that even went with the watch, because it talked about spiritualized, and it that watch really, I noticed that more when I was reading this week, how much she does talk about this is what it's doing. It's spiritualizing. Spiritualizing, yes. That's the whole purpose of it, of science. It's not just to get complacent in matter and have a beautiful home and beautiful lives and beautiful children and beautiful this and beautiful that. It's not what it is. And, and if you think it is, you will find out it isn't. And it's, uh, this is the wonderful the wonderfulness of the carpenters watching point after watching point so important um i I just i can't be grateful enough for for them and the reason i mentioned what i said to karen about how lovely their grandmother had someone to give those precious items to was because my understanding or our understanding of the carpenter collection was what does anyone remember that that they had to turn it all in and was no i mean they they wanted them to do that and they fought a mighty fight so that did not happen but you can read about in discerning the rights of man by richard oaks but a daughter that didn't want anything to do with it yeah, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I, what I ha- did hear was that it was all found that his one of his his secretary put them in the in his garage. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, uh, 
was put in his yes no nobody wanted them or took them or i mean i i don't know that i'm all surmising from this story but and i don't even know how i know that but i i know it that it was found in a like a attic room of the garage all these valuable invaluable books and that was in providence rhode island and there's not a time that i don't drive through that city that i don't think of them and that is why we we were so happy of that finally eventually to get the books that we got that have we have in the library the original copies of the carpenter books because i just value him so much and his outlook and what he wrote about mrs eddie to write a watching point such as this one when so many people have been um snagged huh? what on the shoals of time with this that you know just shipwrecked really shipwrecked thinking that the purpose of science is to have a lovely existence in matter shipwreck of their faith shipwreck of their faith yes shipwreck in many ways um just totally oblivious clueless to what the real science means and and most people would get an echo that we're having to mute if you're muted it's because we're getting an echo most people would just be fine living this wonderful content whatever life but um like i say it would it will explode it will blow up on you and that word regenerate by regenerating him spiritually it's in the lesson quite a bit it, it's it's really what it means to have a new birth regenerate produce a new be born anew and then the one that i love which goes also with the definition of grace and that is regenerate to plant holy affections in the heart and you see this this is why this was the whole story we have this week in nicodemus right yeah think about it plant holy affections within the heart you see if you're just going along merrily 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 i always think of this life is but a dream you're just going along merrily 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 life is but a dream you're just going along in this belief of life and matter and maybe you've had a mrs eddie says it's better to have a hard time than a time where you're sound asleep and you see if many ways this is what the organization has resulted in people have gotten healed and wealthy and they think they're making lovely demonstrations and everything's just hunky dory and then boom but you see and plant holy affections in the heart you have no desire for the things of god you have no desire for spirituality you have no desire to take up the cross and follow the christ and no desire to stand out from the crowd and take the uh, you know take the heat when you do so <laughs> and that false sense of existence is why so many people who are still on the organization feel guilty all the time they feel guilty guilty a problem 
guilty for this, guilty for that. Because it's, it's not Christian science. Florence, were you going to say something? Yeah, uh, to what you said, plant holy affections in the heart. Because in 248 of Science and Health, Mrs. Eddy says, let unselfishness, goodness, mercy, justice, health, holiness, love, the kingdom of heaven reign within us. And then sin, disease, and death will diminish until they finally disappear. So how can we do without what she's saying? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And, and that- to reign means to govern us, to be in control of us. And that is one of our most beloved passages from Science and Health. You know, it's what we were taught to give to our children, to teach that. And, and any time you're having any difficulty, think about that. If it hasn't left you immediately, well, let those qualities of God reign within you. And then all of the other will dim- diminish until it finally disappears. And you'll be like so many others, myself included, that, oh, wow, when did that leave? Because your focus isn't on it anymore, but suddenly it's just gone. Or not suddenly, gradually, it just diminishes. And then and then you get the sense of the science. You've realized, well, it wasn't really true in the first place. It seems like it was never true. It was like, wow, whew, where'd that go? Mm-hmm. And you look all around, what, what, what? Well, it feels like it wasn't true because it wasn't true. You've awakened You've awakened by stirring your spirituality, by implanting holy affections in the heart. I love that. That's such a beautiful way to put that. Do you know of people who need to have holy affections implanted in their heart? Well, you can know that that's a regenerating process, and God gives it and does it. And it goes on continually. It's the new birth going on hourly. And the dear story of dear Nicodemus, who was, what, born again? What do you mean? (laughs) Well, you have to be not so involved in your material life and your all your laws, Jewish laws and other things, and, and seek Christ just for the sake of seeking him, not even for the healing, but just to know him better. When you know him better, then everything else flies out the window. What What did you write about, Linda, in the forum? Because it was a quote that was... It was from Dominion Within, Kratzer, um, just based on the line from the 24th Psalm, where he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then Reverend Kratzer writes in Dominion Within, quote, We should not be anxious for the morrow or about any outward things, either supplies for daily need or health of the body. But we should seek first the kingdom of God, which is at hand and within you, and his righteousness, and then in parentheses, right thinking and feeling, knowledge of the truth, and love devoid of fear. And all these outward things will be added unto us. End quote. Thank you. And that that is a main thrust of what goes on here, what we're taught here. Seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. <laughs> they sing that in the quartet. Craigie <laughs> sings it. Anyway, um, yes. And then all other things shall be added unto you. But all other things that you need. Yeah. Not necessarily what you want, but what you need will be provided. Which is why it's different than the, like the affirmation that's in that the watching point is as soon as i heard that it reminded me of all the new age that i had read about before which even at the time turned me off because it's like if just saying that actually did anything <laughs> everyone yes. would be okay but it just you know it takes more than just talking so. that's right i thought that was so great the way the watching point ties that into new age and that's why um new age has thousands and thousands of people join in because that requires not very much of you and why a real working christian scientist maybe not so much the fewness and faithfulness of its followers right yes and then in the in the lesson two in science and health progress number seven progress is born of experience it is the ripening of mortal man through which the mortal is dropped for the immortal and then either here or hereafter suffering or science and mrs evans used to say and most people take the suffering route <laughs> must destroy all illusions regarding life and mind and what regenerate material sense and self regenerate material sense and self and produce anew to plant holy affections in the heart that's what it does and then the old man with his deeds must be put off nothing sensual or sinful is immortal the death of a false material sense and of sin not the death of organic matter is what reveals man and life harmonious real and eternal who else can explain this the way Mrs. Eddy does so clearly? And remember, too, there's not two of you, not this mortal man and an immortal man, because I used to think that I was a mortal man and I had to become an immortal man. Just <laughs> false beliefs, like we talked about last week, that keep us out of the king, out of paradise, they have to be dropped off. And as they are, you will find yourself well perfect and immortal get rid of the things that close the door unfallen yes. and free unfallen and free upright too yes upright, upright. Mm -hmm. thank you all those things well and and what appears to us to be ourself you know this human body will improve. We will see it more clearly for what it really is, the spiritual idea of the image and the image and likeness of God. And it's not like it's going to disappear necessarily, although it could, in the material sense, it could disappear. Jesus ascended. Yeah, eventually it does. And eventually it does. So we don't have to worry about the appearance of things. We don't have to worry about the material body, what it appears to be. Because 
it gets taken care of if we seek first the righteousness of God. That's, that's how Christian science works. Not the other way around. Yeah, and the lesson says to shape our views of existence into loveliness, freshness, and continuity. Is that what you're thinking about during the day? Loveliness, freshness, continuity, rather than age and blight? We should be getting better, wiser, better in every way. And then I love this in the lesson, too, that God made man immortal and amenable to spirit only. Now, I looked up that word amenable. Does anyone know what it is? Capable of correction. Good. Capable of correction. Capable of correction. Capable of correction. Reformed. Easily led to spirit. Responsible to spirit only. It's like the meekness that can take on the reflection. Yes. Yes. That's a good description. Like the water in the bottle, right? Yeah. And I read, and this was interesting to me, was open and responsive to suggestions, easily persuaded or controlled. Now, the reason that's interesting, because a lot of times we think that we are open to what suggestion, error, whispering in our ear, oh, so awfully talking to me all the, ah, (laughs) (laughs) Or or that you're controlled by some person or boss or you know or government or government yeah no 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 amenable to spirit only open and responsive to easily persuaded or controlled by god spirit just just declare this for yourself often during the day that you are amenable to spirit only and let it shut up those other voices. And then I thought of this, this hymn. We all know we all have this hymn, number 58. But the second verse. Come we daily then, dear Father, open hearts and willing hands. Open hearts, willing hands. Eager ears, expectant, joyful. Ready for thy right commands. We would hear no other voices we would heed no other call. Thou alone art good and gracious. Thou art mind and thou art all. Amenable to spirit. I always have loved that. I'll hear no other voices and I will heed no other call. People with ear problems need to work with this. Maybe you're trying to listen to too many voices and pretty soon you can't hear anything. Amenable to spirit only. And then also, I love this. It's beautiful. It's in Miscellaneous Writings 166. Mrs. Eddy is talking about the Christ. But we are all the Christ child. We're all expressions of the Christ, right? We have the Christ mind. So she says, this child or spiritual idea has evolved a more ready ear for the overture of angels and the scientific understanding of truth and love. Isn't that beautiful? 
Claim that for yourself, that you have a ready ear for the overture of angels. You can hear them. And a scientific understanding of truth and love, that you can understand it. Declare these truths for yourself instead of thinking all this other garbage. And know it's true for your family, your children, your friends, everybody. Declare it for everybody. It is true about everybody. It's true of the Christ idea. But work with that and see if that doesn't help open up any closed ears. Think about it a lot. I do, actually. I love those two, the, the him and that. And I never thought about the word amenable before, but now I will. And I'm going to be open and responsive to suggestions of spirit. <laughs> I'm going to be easily, and persua- easily persuaded and controlled by spirit, not by anything else. I really like that easily persuaded and controlled by spirit because sometimes it seems like what is being asked might be difficult, but it's not. He's telling us to do it and we can do it. Thank you. Yes, absolutely true. Yeah, because God never asks us or tells us to do anything that we're not capable of doing. He never tells us to do anything that's not good for us. But being amenable and easily controlled by spirit means that when something else tries to control you, you have to be able to say no, which means you can't be nice. Nice gets you in a lot of trouble. We've talked about it. It's a four-letter word. (laughs) And um, at the end, Dale... W in Virginia found this, uh, it was just a, I don't know what, it was something from a church or something about the fruit of the Spirit being kindness. and um, Not niceness. And not <laughs> niceness. And it makes that, I was so happy. It made the, dif- the differentiation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Between niceness and kindness. They're not at all related. Mm-hmm. Kindness is for, of God. It is a fruit of the Spirit, of letting that Spirit come to you, being amenable to spirit, you will become kind naturally, like Craig is. <laughs> so, anyway, it, it's we'll read it at the very end. But um, I wanted to thank you for the few brave souls who wrote on the forum. I'm afraid I scared everybody away <laughs> by whatever I said. But um, anyway, don't be afraid. Uh, if that's the problem, and don't be lazy if that's the problem, and don't think someone else will do it if that's the problem. We should all act as if we are the only Christian scientist. And I'm grateful for those of you who come live here, because that's brave, even though maybe you might not speak, but that's okay. You're supporting it live. And I'm grateful for all of you who come. Yes, I'm very grateful for you all. So... I guess Joe isn't live, is she? No. No. Okay. Well, she wrote on the forum because all there weren't a lot, but it was all good. I thought science reveals the glorious possibilities of immortal man, forever unlimited by the mortal senses. And that's in Science and Health. And then she says, our teacher, Mrs. Evans, taught us to put the letters U L after our name. 
to remind us that we are forever unlimited, having all the glorious possibilities of God's idea, immortal man, a good thing to remember. So I had actually forgotten that about that UL thing. I was glad to be reminded. Yeah, it was it was good because it was it when if when you think of yourself, your name, you put Shardell Hall Unlimited. <laughs> Another L. Right? <laughs> Unlimited. That's you. Put it in your name. Reminds me of Eustace uses the word illimitable, which when I first tried to say that it was hard, but <laughs> to, to not have, to not even be capable of having limitations. Thank you. And that's yeah. what's true about God's creation, God's image and likeness, because it's true about God. Lawrence? No, I was saying the same thing. Like, how can we be limited when we are the image and likeness of God? Yes. Yeah. So when you're up against something you think is hard to do or you've never done before or whatever comes to you, remember, with God, you can do all things. Gosh, there was something beautiful. Someone sent me. Hmm, maybe it was Louise. Hmm, I'll have to look for it. I don't think I shared it with you, but it was about someone he, I, I don't, again, it was, I think it had to do with the space program, but he had something just entirely almost impossible to figure out. And he was a, a scientist and he did figure That's it out. That's when you told me that he could only land the rope yeah. capsule land. recently. That, no, that was, that was, that was Alan Shepard. Yeah, this, Alan no, this Shepherd. was more, yeah, this was something else. I'll have to find it. Goodness. Whoever is out there listening, see how I value you all. <laughs> if you remember sending that to me, it might have been Anne in England. It might have been <clears throat> Louise. It could have been a lot of different people. But, <laughs> but I don't think it was one thing that I shared with you. Well, and I'm so grateful. And never don't think I won't share it because, you know, I keep these things. And I, I pray about every time we get together. And I might not share it this week or next month or who knows, but... It'll come, and I'm very grateful for it all, so thank you. Anyway, it was some impossible thing, and this guy, he had no idea how he would ever figure it out, but through mind, he did. Maybe it was Parthens. Well, anyway, <laughs> he did. Mind told him, and, and many of you have had examples i know like that this was a big example because he had a lot of pressure on him to figure this out and he had no way humanly to figure it out but he did and it was perfect and i will find it okay now so thank you joe now karen you can you're here so you can speak to what you wrote okay um <clears throat> I'm right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yes, I, I liked what um, Spurgeon said about the quote in the Bible this week about these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye <clears throat> may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And he writes, <clears throat> when looking up this, um, every person who believes in the Son of God has eternal life. We may not doubt this, 
It is not a matter of inference and deduction, but a matter of revelation from God. We are not to form an opinion about it, but to believe it, for the Lord has said it. It is right for a child of God to know that God is his father and never to have a question in his heart as to his sonship. It is right for soul that is, mo- that is married to Christ to know the sweet love of the bridegroom and never to permit a cloud of suspicion to come between himself and the full enjoyment of Christ's love. And then I looked up um, believing in the glossary in Science and Health where Mrs. Eddy says, believing firmness and constancy, not a faltering nor a blind faith, but the perception of spiritual truth. And I, I don't know, I, I've been looking at this quote all week. It's just, just really, really good. I, I love yeah. it. Dear Spurgeon, and I read too, before Spurgeon, I think the guy was John Gill, who was another wonderful Bible scholar who preached in that church in England, probably London. Um, Tremendous thoughts. So anyway, to think this, we are not to form an opinion about it, but to believe it because God has said it. (laughs) Hallelujah to that one. This is, again, intellectuality is the bane of Christian science. And this is, again, that you are amenable to spirit only. And how do you know beyond doubt that God said it? Well, one, it's written in the Bible by someone who was inspired. But you have to prove it to yourself, don't you? And the only thing that's going to enable you to prove it to yourself is your spiritual sense. Your spiritual sense will tell you what's true and not true. You have to trust your spiritual sense. This is where so many people get off track because they're so stuck in believing their material sense. They've learned to doubt their spiritual sense. And so when something comes along that threatens their material sense of things, if they haven't cultivated their spiritual sense, they don't get it. And that is why spiritual sense is the only sense we can trust. I also like to, to, uh, it strengthens me to realize that he did it before because he spells it out in the Bible that he's actually done this thing before. And, and we're no different than they or his creations. And, and if he did it before, he's the same guy. He's going to do it. He'll do it, do it again. And, and, and that helps me a lot. And, and then, yes, I look to see it happening in spiritual sense. <clears throat> but you, it does help me so much, the Bible. Thank you, Craig. And that is what Mrs. Eddy did for mankind. She brought us the science behind what Jesus did and taught so that all of us, all of us can do the same or even more as what Jesus did. And he promised it. He did. He promised it. And fill up your thought with all of these things, all of this. 
fill it up with this and it will change you. You know, I've noticed a sprinkling of thumbs down on some of our things. So to any, if the people even bother to listen to what we have to say, if you are listening, honey bunches, you know, <laughs> open your thought, be amenable to spirit. Don't close your, your hearts to this because it's just so wonderful. I wouldn't want anyone to miss out on it or misunderstand it. Better and 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 besides being wonderful, it's the only thing that's real. <laughs> Was it him fifty-eight? Open heart, yes. willing hands, eager ears. Yes, expectant, joyful, ready for thy right commands. We will heed no other voices. It will stand the test of time. It will heal all of your ills and give you a happy and a useful life that will last forever. Yes, yeah, so... And how do we know that? Because God said so. <laughs> God said so, like like that, what Ava would say about my father told me. <laughs> so say it too. That was Florence's little granddaughter. Our father told us this, so we, we are going to believe it. We will believe it. We'll go by faith. And then we will obey, and after we obey, then we usually get a lot of understanding comes our way. Just when you don't think you know a math problem, I don't know, I can't do it, I don't understand it, then you go ahead and work it out, and then you say, oh, wow, yeah, I do get this. Yeah, this, this, this makes sense to me. So I just love that. We, we don't form an opinion on this stuff. We believe it, because God said it. God told you not to fear. Think of the things he's told you in the Bible. That's just one huge one. And yet how many of us fear all the time? <laughs> Tells us to love our neighbor as ourself. But how many of us don't? How many of us know how to love ourselves in the first place, let alone our neighbor? Yes. So thank you for that one. And then and then Parthens wrote that within the gates of heaven, John saw the landscape filled with trees of life of life lining each side of the river of life, a landscape from which the tree of knowledge of good and evil was conspicuously absent. And that is that is it. That is what we are claiming. That's bringing heaven on earth. We're not all this doubt and fear and worry and weighing this and that and the next thing, but being at one with the Father. Those three statements of Christ Jesus, I and my Father are one. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works, and the Father hath not left me alone. So, um, now, and more of Spurgeon, Karen, Karen, not Karen, Carey, also in California, she found a, a beautiful um, article, I guess, on the 23rd Psalm by Spurgeon. We've gone over the 23rd Psalm many, many times, but it's always worth going over again because there's just so many beautiful thoughts in it, and it's always good to refresh our thoughts about it. <clears throat> then... Um, he says about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
The sweetest word of the of the whole is that monosyllable, my. He does not say the Lord is the shepherd of the world at large and leadeth forth the multitude of his flock, but the Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me, watches over me, and preserves me. The words are in the present tense. Whatever be the believer's position, he is even now under the pastoral care of the Jehovah. It is not only I do not want, but I shall not want. Come what may, if famine should devastate the land or calamity destroy the city, I shall not want. Old age with, with its feebleness shall not bring me any lack, and even death with, with its gloom shall not found, find me destitute. I have all things and abound, not because I have a good store of money in the bank, not because I have skill and wit with which to win my bread, but because the Lord is my shepherd. The wicked always want, but the righteous never. A sinner's heart is far from satisfaction, but a gracious spirit dwells in a palace of content. Well, that's just that one, one verse. And we've been so blessed out where we live they're all these little lambs, right? Oh, just Sheep. the cutest. Just want to run on them and them Little baby lambs. <laughs> oh, my word. I've never seen them. I I was, I guess, a city girl or something. I'm going to have to go to a petting farm, for heaven's sake. <laughs> they are the cutest little things. Little white ones, little black ones. They're all just climbing up, scrambling up on the... Um, tree stumps and there's one place it must have 12 little lambs and then the big mothers all covered with their fur or i guess it's fur wool well anyway they're just so precious um and we've gone over that beautiful book by the um philip what was his name philip Hello. Heller. thank you yes and how that the good shepherd cares for his lambs. And that's what we are, just very dependent, dependent, amenable to spirit only. I was thinking about those lambs and about uh, making me to lie down in green pastures, just the shepherd there, just like no, no wool for anything is going to get to you. Yes. All as well. <laughs> All as well. Yep. And um, Carrie, there was another article she found, and it's true. We've studied this as well. That the you know all these old prophets and everything. Most of them were what originally shepherds. <laughs> Thank you, shepherds. They were all shepherds. Yeah. It's quite the livelihood. Learned so much from being a shepherd. Who knew? I didn't know. David, King David, shepherd boy. David, yep. Yeah. Yeah. What a Jacob, Moses, weren't they all shepherds, right? Yeah. They were shepherds. Shepherds and farmers. Mm -hmm. 
Except you, except for Matthew, he was a tax collector. <laughs> yeah, we know that from the chosen too. <laughs> well, they all did just fine. Anyone who sought God with their whole heart, mind, and soul. It's such a beautiful story. I haven't been watching any of the new series. I don't know if you all have, but I'm sure it's good, too. Someday we will, right? Yes, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers, right? <laughs> all right, and then this, too, from Spurgeon. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Are any of us low in grace? Do we feel that our spirituality is at its lowest ebb? He who turns the ebb into the flood can soon restore our soul. Pray to him then for the blessing. Restore thou me, thou shepherd of my soul. Some Christians overlook the blessings of sanctification and yet to be thoroughly renewed and yet to a thoroughly renewed heart. This is one of the sweetest gifts of the covenant. If we could be saved from wrath and yet remain unregenerate, impenitent sinners, we should not be saved as we desire, for we mainly and chiefly pant to be saved from sin and led in the way of holiness. He says this so well, because we come to science wanting physical healings, right? I got to get rid of this pain. I got to get rid of this. I got to get rid of that. But forget about the fact that I can't stand my father or whatever else, or I'm not getting along with anybody. And don't ever mention any of that to the practitioner, heaven forbid. <laughs> Just get me well. So I can keep on hating. <laughs> so, yeah, so I can keep on hating. With, with or whatever. Or whatever, whatever. And he's saying, no, this is not your real need. And this is why you get what you need, not what you want. Your real need is to, to love. And it probably will be withheld from you until you get it and do it. It would appear to be that way, isn't it? It was in that way in my experience. And what did Shardy, and now many of you are saying this, you don't want the healing until what? Yeah, and, and, and who is it that tells us that? It's Carpen, Carpenter. You don't ask for it, you know, Carpenter. The, uh, the, until you have your demonstration and you know something and you're really listening to God, then you can ask for the healing. That's now, that doesn't mean that you put it off and off and off either. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Eddy talks about the sorrowing saint and the hardened sinner. Okay, <laughs> The hardened sinner could care less about changing. It doesn't implant holy affections in the heart. Whoops, I don't think so. While the sorrowing saint... Oh, everything you do is just awful. And, you know, I'm just not good enough yet. And I'll never be good enough. Now, both of those are extremes of mortal mind. And both of them are untrue. So you have to get to that center point. The center point. Yes, there is regeneration and, and changing. But then you accept it and you grow and you accept healing too. It should come. 
and you accept the good because it is of God. <laughs> a lot of people can't accept a good, you know, they can't accept the good. It's too overwhelming to them or too unreal. Or if I get too much good, well, oops, you know, the other shoe's going to drop and I don't want that to happen. No. God is all. Let's go back to Florence's favorite. God is all there is, and it's all good. So when the good comes, it's never personal. Thank God for it and keep it there. Don't ever take it for a selfish purpose. Watch your thought. I mean, this is a discipline. And if you do, the, the, the heavens will open up for you. You will be blessed beyond what you could ever imagine. Accept it and thank God for it. And don't ever worship it. It's almost like don't get used to the darkness. And so then when the light comes, you say, oh, no, I don't want this. <laughs> yeah, right, like exactly. Casper Hauser and Science and Health didn't want it. So, um, and, and sometimes it's good, too. And this is in... Um, this is in Watch's Persian Arguments, I think, where Mrs. Eddy, what, what are you going to do with the healing anyway? What are you going to do with it? If you, if you were totally well this minute, if you had everything you wanted, whether it's a physical problem, financial, you had it. Right here it is. What are you going to do with it? More but, good. She served God with it, yeah, to bless others. That's what? it. He says about the reason for her existing in the blue book that we read. Thank to you. impart uh, happiness, health, and, holiness. and one more thing. Holiness. And holiness. Otherwise, what was the point? Exactly. It's exactly right. And if you do that, then it will be a lasting blessing. But if you don't, and you just take it selfishly or go back to your vomit, as the Bible says, then what good has it been? And sometimes, because your your thought has been so undisciplined in thinking this, that, and the next thing, including hateful, jealous, all kinds of rivalry, all kinds of thoughts, it takes a while um, to, to discipline, just like anything. She says that, too. You you, And this should, this should take the, all your devotion, right? All your devotion shouldn't be so interested in other achievements. It's this is what is important. And you will get out of it what? We'll get out Sometimes of it. Sometimes stronger than you went in. Yes, and, and yes, and what you put into it. Get out of it what you put into no. it. Yep. So. Um, and, and in all the ways, all that we talked about today, these were more and more ways of recognize your immortality. And then this, the last in the 23rd Psalm, this, you want to know about your future? You want to know about what your future is going to be? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's all we ever need to know about our future. Yes. What, what do you need to know besides that? 
I can't think of anything. That makes me really happy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's wonderful. So remember that when you're worried about your future, think about this. Um, Spurgeon says, this is a fact as indisputable as it is encouraging, and therefore a heaven, heavenly, verily, or surely is set as a seal upon it. And it talks about the twin guardian angels of goodness and mercy, ever with you, ever with you. So here we are, folks, immortals, right here and right now. Thank God for that and for Christian science. So now we're going to end on this lovely um, little article about Yeah, this is a, kindness. Yeah, it's a short thing. It's provided by a group called My Faith Stronger. Not sure who the author is, but it's it's a good little article. Fruit of the Spirit, Kindness. The virtue of kindness is rooted in scripture, forged on sound Christian theology, and modeled over the centuries by followers of Jesus. Since the early church, disciples have walked the risky and sometimes dangerous road of kindness. Kindness is a radical way of living, biblically. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit on Paul's short list in Galatians 5. It's not a duty or an act. It's an imperative. It's the natural outcome of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. We exhale kindness after we inhale what's been breathed into us by the Spirit. Kindness radiates when we're earnest about living the way of Christ, the way of the Spirit. Kindness displays the wonder of Christ's love through us. Never mistake kindness for niceness. Kindness is all over the Bible, plentiful in both Testaments. But you won't find niceness in the Bible once, nor the word nice for that matter. Niceness may be pleasant, but it lacks conviction. It has no soul. Niceness trims its sails to prevailing cultural winds and wanders aimlessly, standing for nothing and thereby falling for everything. Kindness is certainly not aggression, but it's also not niceness. Niceness is cosmetic. It's bland. Niceness is keeping an employee in the job knowing he's no longer the right fit. Therefore, failing him and the company, because you don't have the courage to do the kind thing. Kindness calls you to tell him he's not the person for the position and then dignifies him in the transition. Kindness is a dimension of God's grace through us. It's civility grounded in gentleness and respect. At the same time, kindness is neither milk toast nor weak. It is fierce and passionate. The God-authored spirit of kindness in us has the power to upend the enemy and season the world around us for the good. Kindness as Jesus lived it presents the highest hope for a renewal of Christian civility, 
a renewal needed now more than ever. End quote. Thank you, whoever wrote that. <laughs> yes. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.